Hello and welcome to our post-game analysis for spring 2019. Dr. Schmidt, we have just submitted final grades. Yes. Um, we're sit- we are gathered in... in doc- A day early, too. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about my other grades. Uh, we are in Dr. Schmidt's office. You may hear a bit of rain. It's a weird... We're having this weird rainstorm. Yes. And it's really heavy rain. And I don't know if when we do our post, if we'll be able to get out all that noise. rain noise. But So the, the purpose of this episode... Um, was to to give uh, all of our listeners a chance to hear us process WRH three twenty five this edition, the spring edition. Um, do you want to just do your initial your initial overall feelings, and then I can share mine, and then we'll get, we can go into some of the our for more our finer points. Sure, I think that. As is typical with any class, um, you hit a stride when you've when you've done it a few times. And so, even though each iteration of our course we've tweaked, I think this was the best one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that deciding to do notorious pedagogues has not only been fun, but really a new way to think about things and work. Generating a lot of ideas between the two of us. Um, I, I still think that the classroom space itself has been our biggest challenge. And I, mm. I think this semester, with, with some of the work we have been doing, I think the right people have heard us now. And so there's hope for next spring that we will actually get one of the newer classrooms that has been designed with our kind of learning and our kind of collaboration, the active learning spaces. Um, So I hope that that's a possibility for next spring because I I really feel like there's potential that we're losing out on just because of physical space. Mm. Yeah. Which... It's one of the... That's one of the funniest things when we share about this. This came up at... The conversation about co-teaching. Yes. Uh, that this is the number one struggle that we have outside of teaching in the class, which is right. what we'll talk about, is the physical, the physicality of the room. It's just it's a struggle to right. to get the right space that we need and to really do the kinds of work we do. Like the the here for me, the primary thing that I bump on with the space is I want our students to do to to experience teaching their lessons. Mm-hmm. At least, I think in this in the last two terms, we've had them do mock lessons, like mock teaching of their multimodal plans, which they write in their book club groups. And I want them to experience getting up and doing it. And it is frustrating as all get out because we are teaching the class in technology, like on technology in in the classroom, and we have one smartboard and our and then a bunch of desks right. in rows, so they can't really try out using the technology and like it just so happened that this this term when we did that sharing that because we have the six book club groups you took three mm-hmm. i took three and mine ended up using the board but one of the things that happens because this is what happens when you teach technology we had snafus right and you need to experience oh my gosh we can't make my computer mirror this is the screen, or when you they've watched us do this. When we hook up your laptop and the sound doesn't work, right. like you need to have those those 
challenges. You need to hit those bumps in the road right. to learn how to troubleshoot. But we can't do that. Like you're and they all, need to do it before student teaching. Yeah. Right? So they so our classrooms are the perfect platform for them to try to things that. out where you have some flexibility and you don't have middle schoolers losing staring it. At you. Right, or staring yeah. at you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's certainly one of the things I look forward to in our fourth mm-hmm, time through next, next spring. Like, because the thing that I want to take away from the term, I think, I think they're, they're, they're related. It's part of what we're realizing as we're writing in, we're recognizing that we need to be, maybe we need to be more explicit about the transition from being a pre-service, being an undergraduate student to becoming a pre-service teacher, right. which is the next logical step <laughs> on the way to becoming an in-service teacher, being a little bit more explicit about that, mm-hmm. and that can show up in like the, the lesson plans, which we'll speak about, but also being clear about our expectations with small things like attendance, turning assignments in on time, participating equally as a group member, which is different than if you're taking another class in another in another college, right? So one of the things I'm going to take I'm taking away is I think especially for me I took maybe took a little bit for granted because we've now done this for three mm-hmm. three terms that students were on board and they knew exactly what we were talking about that, yeah. that accountability. Teacher, yeah, that teacher talk that we do to them about this is why we've structured it this way mm-hmm. and then this is why it's important to be to be and hold yourself accountable and hold your group members accountable as mm-hmm. part of this. I think that's just again, I think it's better than last year, but mm-hmm. I think it's part of our and part of my learning experiences as a teacher. Um, that that's something I know I'm going to be working on when we and thinking about as we come into the fall to prep for spring 2020. Mm-hmm. Does that am I, I making so. sense no, of I what agree. I'm yeah. like what I'm thinking through? I did just a couple of times this term when I thought I can't. There was one in the last few weeks of class where we bumped on something with the students, and you and I kind of looked at each other like I thought this was pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Why? Where was the disconnect? And that that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like. There was a disconnect there between us and our expectations and for them. And I think I even either t- sent you a text or an email that said, um, next time we need to restrict the drop boxes. Mm, like yeah. when something is due, it's due because like when, we, we, when we log in, you can see like this is how many, this is how many unread. And all of a sudden, in the last week, I saw a bunch of other things. Like, I was only looking for podcasts and links to the teaching portfolio, but then I saw a lot of other things popping up and populating, mm. and I was like, no, we're, we're done with that. Mm. <laughs> like, that, mm-hmm. Was, mm-hmm. that was due three weeks ago. And, and unless there was a circumstance where you came to us and said, hey, this is going on, then I'm not going back and grading something just because you put it there. Mm. Right. It sounds funny because we do, we want to be flexible and adaptable as teachers, and that's part of think one of the reasons why we left it open. Maybe right uh, because, because sometimes there are those cases where someone says, "Oh, I you know my car broke down or my grandmother died." I mean, those I need, are life things days, that ha- yeah. right. <clears throat> do you know in as a feature of D two L when we set a like a final deadline, is there an option to reopen it for like a particular student? Or is it something we should we're gonna have to look at and look into? 
I think that would just create the mechanism of a student saying, I tried to put it in the Dropbox, but now I'm emailing it to you and, like, forcing yeah. that, like, well, why is it late? Okay. And that could be uncomfortable yeah. for us and for them. I mean, sometimes there are personal issues, but I think, again, that's another part of being a professional mm. and a pre-service teacher is that, you know, if you are struggling with something, you get help. If there's an emergency, you have to, you know, to a certain extent, share that emergency with the people to whom you're accountable. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I think... So I'm gonna. I want to share one assignment or one at least activity. I w- I know I want to shift or okay. work more on. Um, in the beginning of the term, we we shared with them. I think the conceptual framework. If not the conceptual, framework, I know we focused on like we got out the BSED handbook mm-hmm. and we looked at dispositions and we made a more significant effort to bring that sort of language into the beginning of of our conversations because we were trying to set Mm -hmm. it up about moving from being just a student to becoming a teacher. I want to see how... I want to keep the fun of the memes and the meme project, but I want to find a way to connect the dispositions... And what they can inspire in us as teachers, like about our values and what we value, and then how that can also then tie into the teaching philosophies, Hmm. the teaching philosophy statements. I guess maybe just making it a little bit more explicit and making the dispositions a little bit, little less abstract, because that will all, that will then give you and I the language to later in the term, if we bump into something where like, okay. Half the students are not turning the assignments on time. This directly counters the values you've said you said you you have about teaching and learning, mm-hmm. and then this goes back to our dispositions. Do you, I want to have that conversation because we're, we do it with the this the this I believe and right. how I connect, but I'm wondering if we may be able to make it more explicit and still make it lighthearted in that meme sort of like we can laugh at each other. Or laugh at ourselves. It could be a second revision of the meme. Oh, like, maybe. you know what I mean? The meme project can stay what it is, and then we can introduce the dispositions and then Identify say, the like, extend and... the reflection. I was even thinking about, oh, you know, the idea. conceptual framework mm. when they do the portfolio, because one of the things I noticed in grading the portfolios um, is that some of them really understood that idea about context. Oh, like providing like context. Providing the context yeah. on their, their digital portfolios and others, you know, didn't just and just put things, you know, here's some lesson plans, here's a presentation, here's an infographic. Well, why do you have all these mm-hmm. things? Um, but I'm also wondering if we can't put that layer of the conceptual framework onto the portfolio where they either write a reflection and that that indicates, you know, this artifact... Oh, I see. And maybe this is coming from out of all the CAPSI, like, maybe. grade stuff that I've been working on. Like, where maybe. does this map on? And and But I think it won't... I, I would hope that it doesn't come across as, like, here's an extra layer of busy work, but that it's, it's pushing their own thinking. Because I think mm-hmm. in reflecting on it, well, what, you know, which artifact shows that I'm a pedagogical and content area specialist, mm-hmm. then... 
they would internalize that and then be able to use that language mm-hmm. in an interview, right? Mm-hmm. And it might not be something that they're explicitly doing. I think I think our students are, you know, come out of our program and are really prepared to go out on interviews, and I've gotten really good feedback from area school districts, but I think the more that they can be explicit about these aspects, mm-hmm. the better, mm-hmm. right? So that... I think, I think we're in the same, we're speaking in the same yeah. area. <clears throat> Maybe so looking at conceptual framework and the dispositions and how that can better inform the other aspect of class, that whole professional, because there's the two chunks, right? There's the professional, becoming a professional Mm -hmm. and book club Mm -hmm. and really making that connection, Mm -hmm. which actually leads to one of our points we wanted to, to talk about making, instead of it being more implicit, making a lot of our instructions and instruction more uh, explicit, in particular with the lesson plans. Yes. So because since one of the things we've discovered, and this just is a fact, our students, as they're becoming a professional, and they're becoming a professional in our class, part of being a professional teacher is learning and knowing how to go through the motions of writing a lesson plan. And this is one of the first times for us or for them that they've ever done it, and it's with us. Right. And I think we have pretty high expectations for what a lesson plan looks like. And I know both you and I in the in in our grading this term of the multi of the multimodal group and then the individual lesson plans came back to each other and were like, "This is this some this is we're, we're struggling with this. We right. were we we wanted to see a lot um, a lot better quality, a lot better detail, things that we thought." should just be understood or known. Mm-hmm. And I think we're having to come back to our our planning and realize mm-hmm. this is the first time they've ever done this. We're going to have to spend more time. Right, because unlike the middle grade majors or the elementary majors, they don't travel in a cohort. Exactly. They have a lot of they have a lot of regulations, but they have a lot of freedom in terms of the order mm-hmm. of their yeah. of their coursework. Um, so some of them have written lesson plans before, some of them have not, um, but I think what we did this semester was to give them two, sa- two at least two samples. I think even more. And then we even gave them the template. I envision that next time we should do two things. One, explicitly deconstruct an existing lesson plan. I think and not even just a good one, a bad one too. Okay. Maybe not a bad one. One that, I shouldn't say bad, one that lacks, that has 10 objectives or has enough physical contact time for a unit plan but somehow got pushed into a 15-minute lesson plan, right? Something that just, but you would not know that until you you'd had the experience. I'm also wondering too like what if we did a very quick role play. <laughs> right? Like I don't know in small groups maybe or in, in separate the class, like separate the class. Mm. Um and then give one person a lesson plan. Oh my gosh. And, and say, say do it. <gasps> do whatever's on the page. Yeah, because then you Because would... when you see something like have a discussion for 20 minutes, what do you do with that, right? And I think those were the, some of the details that we're talking about. Point. Like, these are the guiding questions for the discussion. These are the points I would want to make. And and some of our students sort of left that off. So so there was that. So I I like the idea of of showing them like an exemplar, which I thought we did, 
but then maybe they didn't understand what was exemplary about it. Mm. Right? Being yeah. That, and then that. showing like one that sort of what would a substitute teacher do if this was the lesson plan on the desk? And being really right? explicit. And being really explicit. Yeah. Um so I think so there's that. And I also think that along with the template, because we gave them the template in Google Docs, I feel like along with the template, we need to almost have like commentary off to the side like objectives you have 45 minutes two because there's there's because <laughs> there's the template maybe we should we'll put we can put a link to this in the show notes in okay. the episode notes so <laughs> others can see it's pu- I mean, it's public it's, it's public yeah it's what the university uses what the college recommends to use for the mm-hmm. list template there's a basic template and then there is help text underneath right. each of the sections but even that does not do what you're saying right like what well, the level of detail like how many standards are you going to hit in one 45 yeah. minute lesson how and many objectives are you going to have what how do you build an objective what's the difference between goals and objectives Right. Yeah. I mean, we gave them the free pass on the um, the, the special that, ed elements, correct. right? Because we said, well, don't make up a special ed student to accommodate, but think about the differentiation, right? Um, and then even the some of them just saw reflection on instruction, but then didn't see reflection on planning, and. So then that was something that circled back where they were just like, oh, we didn't know we had to do that. Well, And then not including their resources. Right. I'm going to use a worksheet for this section or I'm going to have a discussion in this section. And we said explicitly, include right. this worksheet. Include the questions you're going to use. Right. Because it... <sighs> and in some cases, they were linking to other... Like, they built their lesson... In Google Docs, because we, we gave them the template and we said, you know, just make a copy of it, right. save it as a new title. Right. You should save it as a new title. And then build the lesson plan. And in some cases, they were linking to other Google Docs, but then those sites were restricted for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. So then even that sort of had a snafu, right? Yeah. So, like, check all... Like, if you are using links, that's fine. You know, where we are... You know, saving paper in that sense where you're not turning in a 20-page lesson plan, but make sure that all of your links are accessible for us because, you know, what if you share this lesson with someone else and then they can't access the other links? Mm -hmm. You know, then it's not really, it's not effective. Yeah. I think that ties back into what we were saying, like... That's one of the areas that we've got for growth mm-hmm. for ourselves and then for the students as well. Um, and I think the last, the last thing is we know, we mentioned it in an earlier episode as, in our post came from one of the podcasts that we're going to be making adaptations and, and shifts and changes with the with the book club. Um, overall. I'm, I'm, I love the fact that it's become such a huge component of the class. It, it is now the umbrella for specific content that we get to talk about. It's the, the conduit for the, our, for their lesson plans and for this assignment, the podcast assignment. And I feel like we're giving back to the larger community of teachers, to, to other pre-service teachers, other in-service teachers, our colleagues, that this is a part of a, a way of a gathering place, a way of bringing us all together. And I like that that's where book club's going. I know we're going to have another conversation mm-hmm. about about what we're going to, what we've learned and where we're going with book club, but I'm pleased with where it's at. 
I'm pleased with where, where we were able to do it in this third iteration. Me too. Thank you for listening to Dr. Schmidt and I talk about spring 2019. We've got a lot that we want to work on and change and shift, and we but we're pretty sure we still have something special in WRH325. We're really grateful for you listening into our conversations and listening to our students and being a part of our learning. If you will, take a moment to find us online, either in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Anchor or wherever you're listening to us, and giving us a, a review and a rating. We would love the feedback and would know would love to know more about what you'd like to hear from us. Uh, we will continue to be working throughout the summer and pushing out other episodes because our scholarship continues while we have a little bit of a break from teaching, in particular our conferences, which is we reference in an earlier episode. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you throughout the summer.